You're listening to nothing important. Please enjoy the show. joint pain, uh, lethargy, uh, just feeling like crap, and then you feel like ultra-mega crap after, like, a day or two. <clears throat> huh. Maybe that's what I have then, man. I'm like, I seriously felt like I went through, like, a wrestling tournament last night. Like, I, I'm seriously, like, all my all my joints hurts, and I've just had this, like, pounding headache all day, and I've had, like, this cough, and it hurts to speak. I, I just, like, completely asked out. Why, uh, why, why are you doing that to yourself? Well, but then I asked myself, what would Andrew WK do? Yeah. Smash yourself in the face with a brick. You're goddamn right. <laughs> and party. And then party. And well, then of course. Party, and, and then you have to party. So so this is how dedicated to the cause I am. So even though I feel like ass since I'm the boss, I can't really call in sick to work. I mean, I guess I could, but nothing would get done. And uh, it, I, it, it's just not in me, right? Like, like if, I can, if I can physically walk, I'm going to work. So anyway, I go to work. And uh, I have to pick up my daughters from daycare, which is in the suburbs where I live. But I have uh-huh. to pick them up by 6.30. So in order to record with Andrew WK, I am now sitting in the parking lot of an abandoned strip mall <laughs> with my computer on the passenger side of my Jeep and my microphone awesome. all hooked up across nice. the street from the daycare. So I'm just waiting for either a vagrant or a police officer to come by and ask me what the fuck I'm doing. Well, quit masturbating and it'll probably get out of it easier. Never. Never. (laughs) Masturbating? What's that? I'm also kind of stoked because I decided to go buy a new computer last night. And it's one of those cool ones where you can flip it over and then it becomes a tablet with a pencil and you can draw on it. Is it a Surface? Ooh, a Surface? No, it's not not a surface. It just has some sort of weird hinge on it. Hmm. So it's not like a tablet. It's a full fledged computer. It just has a, a flippy flippy hinge, like a, a flippy hinge on it. One of them, their fancy new HPs. Uh, it's a Lenovo Flex. Ooh, five. okay, fair enough. I think I, yeah. I think I play first. They also do with that. Lenovo's. But I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to use it for editing um, a Plumbus Among Us because before. With my last computer, I would I would hit the delete. I would highlight what I wanted deleted, right? Or time yeah. to cut down, and I would hit delete, and it would be like twenty to thirty seconds each time. That's too long to to like delete. That's way silence. too long. Yeah. Well, that computer is like six years old, so I'm I'm excited that I got a new computer. And plus, my, minus seven, just to one up you, minus seven, and it works perfectly fine. Just just saying. No, okay. Just well, so one we'll 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 watch that. Uh, watch out how much incest porn you're downloading and such. Well, that's the most traceable that's kind one? of porn. Internet porn, incest porn. Oh, well, you know, just for my friends. I I just wanted to be more accepted for my friends. Right. Dave doesn't understand that. Right. I understand. Oh friends. shit! Hold on. I think that's Andrew WK. Hold on a sec. I have I have friends. Don't I? It's a, it's a it's a reference from Rick and Morty, Dave. I don't care. I, I so don't what care. kind of animal genitalia do you want to start talking about now? 
rhinoceros lungs. I don't, well, yeah. I just did a rap session. My brain's fried. I'm not really ready to do this right now. Although well, I like you those guys. Be, you should have been listening to Party Hard to get in the mood. I did, to show them what I was about to do. Oh, nice. And who I was about to talk to, and who I was excited about talking to. No, no. My main question is, like, what, as, as much as he wants to party, what are unacceptable forms of partying to him? Well, you, you, well, you know what? Ask him that question That's, when he's on the air. And actually, we can ask him right now, because Dave and Jeff, Andrew WK, is on the Someone Important Hotline. Hey, Andrew welcome. WK, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me on. Hey, Absolutely. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Great, thank you. Well, we're excited to have you on, and uh, I guess we could start with that. Jeff, what was the question you wanted to pose to Andrew as we jumped in? Uh, as as much as we know that you are the party god, uh, as far as your music goes and the things that you espouse, um, what forms of partying are unacceptable to you? Well, it really gets down to this very basic morality. Uh, I think the the general ethics of society and civilization are are always important to follow. Uh, sure. They can be questioned and they can be examined and they can be doubted and they can be at, uh, at times dismantled and then rebuilt. But I think we would all tend to agree that for most of us, you know, murdering someone would not count as partying. No. Uh, that, yeah, that'd be a really kind of lame party. <laughs> so cool. For better or worse, that would consider murder a form of partying. And that is where it, it does become tricky. It's, it's, it's not as easy as to say what is and isn't partying. It's really a, uh, a rigorous application of thought and uh, excitement and enthusiasm about life. And you build the party for yourself to the best of your abilities. Um, but I think you know a, a basic grasp of, for example, even the Ten Commandments give you a, a good starting point for uh, what is and what isn't partying. So within the bounds of general social morality, any form of partying that doesn't hurt somebody else is acceptable. I think so. I mean, again, I, I'm not telling anyone how to live, and I wouldn't want anyone to tell me how to live, but I also appreciate the general guidelines that the human race has come up with to make uh, existence as manageable as possible. Never perfect. There's always room to go mm-hmm. and grow, and, and it, it always can be made much better. But so far, the system has held up pretty good for the most part yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. It failed other people as well, and that should be taken into account. It's a work in sure. progress. That's what partying is, really. So, Andrew, my, nice. my question is, why um, why such a long break between albums? You have a new album coming out March 2nd of uh, 2018. Why such a long break between your last album and this one coming out early next year? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a personal question. Uh, question. <laughs> when you're partying, partying very hard, time can fly by, uh, as they say. Time flies when you're partying hard. And it wasn't a, an, 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 a, a deliberate break or anything like that. I, in fact, I think I was so busy. That's why it was uh, easy to not do another album because there was so much other uh, adventures going on, and I'm thankful for that. I'm also at the same time cool, not happy that this much time has gone by, but I can't really complain because the things I've gotten to do, I never would have even dreamed or dared to plan or even want to do. Um, it, I accepted 
this party path many years ago, and and part of that acceptance was turning over, turning over my my will to some extent to the party gods and following what they want me to do, whether I really understand it or even enjoy it or not. And uh, it's not really about what I want; it's about what the party wants, and I do what I can to live up to that. So in the in the meantime, between albums, you've, you've hosted game shows and you've done uh, motivational speaking. And uh, also, earlier yesterday, I watched this awesome tale that you told of uh, uh, auditioning for uh, a musician position um, on Comedy Central. Uh, they, um, what of those of those endeavors that you've done since your last album? What has been your favorite? Um, none of them in particular. The whole thing is one big experience. When I try to dissect or divide my life or just the world in general into too many compartmentalized pieces, it starts to feel very stressful, very overwhelming, very unparty. So the whole thing is just one swirling mass of confusion and delight. And uh, that's my favorite thing. Not being dead is my favorite thing. <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> uh, w- you know, uh, throughout, we've been listening to you since, what, Brian, 2001? Uh, oh, my God, yeah. Of course, our friend uh, Curtis Ropake, who lived in a house with us. And uh, one of my favorite memories of Andrew WK is every time we would turn on Madden 2000, uh, I believe it was, uh, Andrew WK's song was always the first to come up on the title screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so we're very fortunate to be included in that game. And uh, a lot of the folks that I and still, still will see coming to a concert or we'll meet uh, in the midst of partying. We'll say that that was their first encounter with, uh, with, with our music or this party offering in general. And uh, it means a lot to me that those kind of opportunities come up. You'll never know how many people you can reach through something like a, a video game or any other. Um, sorry, but- sorry, Andrew, that was kind of awkward. I'm actually in an abandoned, uh, I'm actually in the parking lot of an abandoned strip mall recording in my Jeep <laughs> with you right now. So, uh, so uh, I apologize if any ambulances or vagrants stop by my Jeep to say hello. No, no need to apologize. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what what Brian and I heard a lot was our our buddy Curtis would play your music all the time before it was like Friday night, getting ready and to get himself pumped up to go out for the night and do that. And the one thing that always astonished me was, and him too, and why he we asked him like you know what's up man what's up with the the whole album all the time was like why is it so positive i mean not why is it so positive but i mean you've got this sensibility about your music that just is greatly positive and 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 forward thinking the the whole time where does that come from i guess from me not feeling that way not feeling positive (laughs) my natural state was one of, of negativity and anger and frustration and fear and as i said confusion uh just so much doubt and uh a sense of apprehension about life in general we'll looking at each day with dread so i wanted to i guess you know feel better feel a different way feel i wanted to feel like i dreamt the greatest person in the world would feel just really empowered and excited and energized and strong and confident and and that there was a there was some truth somewhere out there 
that if I could feel it would tell me that it really was good to be alive and everything really was going to be okay somehow or another and that the truth of existence was inherently positive, a kind of almost transcendent positivity that, that, that went beyond good or bad or happy or sad or positive or negative, just a, an explosive life force core truth. And that's, you know, that's what partying is about for me is trying to manifest that feeling, trying to conjure up that feeling, trying to make that feeling happen in whatever way I can through, through music or through talking to you right now on the, on the show. I mean, that's the life goal is to try to feel that incredible optimism about the chance we have to be alive. Wow. That's like a motivational speaker, sir. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's such a great. That's such a great answer. Uh, what, if you don't mind me asking, what was going on in your life at the time that you kind of felt like you felt dark and you felt like you needed to push yourself through to be positive and and optimistic? Were you were you going through uh, like drug, drug struggles or, or problems at home or uh, employment issues? What what was uh, what was keeping you back? Do you think that you had to like push through through your music? Uh, everything and nothing in particular. I, mean, I just felt bad for as long as I could remember. Um, I don't really remember a time where anything felt particularly worse or better. It was just the way it felt to be alive. It felt very intense and scary. And uh, just figured, you know, you're supposed to focus on projects that made you feel better about life. And ever since I first heard music and got to play piano and stuff, you know, around... I don't know, those are first early memories of life around three, four years old. You start to think, okay, there are things in life that feel good, you know, and music is one of them. So I'll just stay close to this. But there was never really a defining moment or a turning point. It's just been a continuous effort to try to get cheered up and stay cheered up. Do you hear, do you hear wow. similar stories from, uh, from folks that come to your concerts or perhaps fans that write you, like maybe they were kind of in a, not necessarily the brightest point in their life and they, they hear your music and the, the, the loud unabashed optimism of it. And, and you've kind of brought them to the other side. I don't know. I mean, I think just about anybody who makes music and puts it out there to the world has uh, people tell them that it, it, it's, they found it in that kind of moment. Um, so I think that's a pretty universal, uh, experience in fact even what we might call very angry music or negative sounding music usually has that same positive uplifting effect for that kind of person who's looking for that certain thing so you hope that there's someone out there who uh doesn't necessarily need it um but is looking for this certain feeling about life and just like maybe i am Uh, it's not to solve a problem per se, or to overcome a particular challenge, it's it's a it's a larger quest than that, it, and it's less specific. Where you're looking to find in someone else or something outside of yourself confirmation that the feeling in you or the desire in you is not alien, that it's a shared human experience and to connect with someone else or even just to connect with that feeling itself. But yeah, if someone uses it because they were going through a rough patch or finds it, that's fantastic too. That's ultimately what you hope that the arts, the living arts culture and whatnot can, can do for people. But sure. it also doesn't have to be as, um, 
as utilitarian as that. It can be an ongoing quest that can last your whole life. My mind is blown. I love the perspective. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad that you took your time to talk to us because I I feel like going out and partying hard. And like I I'm seriously have a better like feeling about things because to take. I guess what one thing I'm curious about is like why did you pick this genre? Is this your favorite genre of music, or did you just think it kind of fit the feeling that you were searching for? Yeah, because I know that you're all you're you're, you're well versed in multiple instruments, uh, you know, in multiple classical. Uh, interpretations of music so yeah uh piggybacking off dave yeah why uh why rock well I, in all fairness i'm really not that good at, at any other instruments I'm, I'm you know competent on piano but i've i've met many many people that are truly gifted on a truly wide range of instruments that could play flute and play violin and play accordion and 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 everything else so um it should not be uh, misunderstood. I don't really, it's not like I have some kind of virtuoso skill. Um, and as far as this style of music, would I close my eyes and try to imagine what would the most amazing music in the world sound like? This is what it sounded like in, in my head, that every instrument, every, every means of recording that would result in this overwhelmingly intense, powerful feeling uh, I had to use. So, you know, rock music instrumentation is generally about this intensity, this using everything that you have access to to deliver the most intense sound you possibly can. Um, and, and I use everything I can. I mean, every little sound that I can add to the recording, I will add. It's a maximalist approach. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, Andrew WK, it's been absolutely awesome talking to you. It's been it's been very excited, uh, insightful, and I'm so glad that you came on. I want to remind everybody that you you are on tour right now. The party never stops tour. You're going all over the country. Uh, are you working out your new songs? Well, yes. There's a new album coming out on March second, two thousand eighteen, and we're playing one of the new songs um, from the album on this tour. I generally don't like to play nice. songs that people don't know you know that they haven't don't have the ability to hear mm. so mm. i never really liked that as a concert goer myself as well i like when uh, a band or a performer will play songs that i have the ability to hear and learn and be familiar with to me that's what i love about the live music experience for the most part is rejoicing and reveling in our shared love of a song of a piece of music so but with that being said, I am playing. We are playing one brand new song that no one's ever heard before, and um, we'll be on the new album, and hopefully, people like it. Awesome. Well, make sure to go to andrewwk.com for uh, tour dates. Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on the Nothing Important podcast. Uh, I see that you're coming to Chicago October 21st. You're playing at the Vic, a uh, great venue. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be there, and maybe we'll run into each other. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for all that you do to get the party power out there. It means a lot to me, and it means even more to the spirit of partying itself. All right, awesome, awesome. awesome this is awesome. the most. This is the most positive interview we've ever had. I like, I'm know. taking it back. <laughs> I'm taking it back. Thank, thank you, Absolutely. Andrew. No, thank you, thank you, thank you for your enthusiasm. Thank you for your energy, and, and thanks for your support. Just keep it going. It's our pleasure. Awesome. Let's keep it going. We're, I think we're kindred, kindred spirits in this regard, honestly. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Andrew WK, ladies and gentlemen. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Who <laughs> just hung up? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on he hung up. I'm gonna be honest. Um I wasn't really sure how that interview was was going to go. Um I just remember Did you hear the uh, three beeps Jeff, before we started talking about the guest? Yes, he did. And I I'm not saying anything negative, so Okay. I'm sure he'd like to jump in and be there. Okay, but I wasn't really sure how that interview was going to go. And my reasoning is because especially when his big hit, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Party Hard came out, right? It's like this raucous, really loud song. And there's this guy with this, like, wet, greasy, long-ass black hair and stained white T-shirt and acid-washed white jeans and, and white Chuck Taylor you know, and like all you see him is just like uh, raw, like just like crazy raucous and, and partying, right? So right. Yeah. when when I got the opportunity to set up an interview with him, I, I sit here. I, I never write down questions because I, I feel it's better for us to be all organic. But him, I was like, man, how is this going to go? Because what if he is just as intense on the phone as he is in his music? Like that's going to be kind of a challenge to match the intensity, uh, especially while I'm sitting here recording in my Jeep. But as, as we were talking to him, um, I, I get the feeling like he has thought, like has this like really well thought out and has a very great idea of what his life's philosophy is. You know, he, mm -hmm. he calls it like the party, the party spirit or whatever. But it, it's funny because in my head, I'm sitting there thinking like, of, like watching the videos of him just like rocking out and going crazy and headbanging. But then as I'm, I'm hearing him talk and intelligently answer our discussions and be kind of frank and honest about his past experiences and why he does what he does. I imagine him, uh, of course, still in a white t-shirt and acid wash jeans, of course. Of course. Like, <laughs> of course. Like, just like kicking back in like a, a like a big high top chair with like a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and espousing his, 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 uh, his answers to the question. Yeah. And I've seen him like philosophize, uh, or, or be, I've seen a pit, bits of his motivational speeches before, mm -hmm. but man, like I, I don't want to say I didn't expect it, but yeah. just, uh, the way that he 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 communicates that he communicates that whole feeling uh mm -hmm. and, and really and really believes it uh is honestly inspiring i i feel a little bit different even though we only talked to him for like 15 minutes no, I, I feel a little bit different i think right that's now. a truly inspirational philosophy i like well, a lot of people because they make angry music because they feel bad and they're they're mm -hmm. they're uh right. it's a cathartic experience and they want to exercise the demons but some people make the music that they hear in their head. And uh, I think that's kind of what we did when we played. You know, we wanted to have fun mm -hmm. and have a party. So we kept it lighthearted. We kept it fun. And uh, yeah, it's nice to hear somebody that can articulate these things better than we ever could articulate <laughs> them to us. <laughs> that's, that's what I guess took me aback the most was, you know, he was talking about not being very happy and, and, and not seeing that much greatness in life. And then his response to it was, well, fuck it. Now I'm just going to make music that makes me happy. <laughs> like, you know, right. like that's, that's, I, I, I guess I don't even know if it's the right word, but it's, it's profound and it's refreshing. Cause Dave, as you said, you know, sometimes people are heartbroken and sad and they make heartbroken as sad music, you know, and he's, he's, you know, you know, I got the impression I tried to, you know, talk about it a little bit, but, um, you know, maybe not in the best spot of his life or maybe just not where he wants to be in life. And his answer was, "Well, no, I'm just going to be loud and have fun and and push through it." I th I think, uh, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty positive message. I think I think that's yeah. a, a great way to go about it. That can be a self fulfilling prophecy if you 
just kind of relentlessly pursue happiness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Facebook memes tell me this all the time that you can choose happiness if you relentlessly <laughs> pursue it. But yeah, and it's cool because it's it truly. It's, I guess it's a little more universal than I thought, and uh, mm-hmm. a little more inspirational than I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as much of a joke as we were, but right. There's kind of like a wink, wink behind it. But it's still yeah. Serious. yeah. Well, it, but you could tell yeah. what the when he says, you know, he he plays what he wants to hear, what he hears in his head, uh, and that positivity comes out in just like the chord progressions and mm-hmm. what he cho- you know the notes he chooses to play because it's all. I mean, you you don't hear minors. I was just gonna say, yeah. I doubt there's a minor I, scale in the whole album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's all positive. It's all high octave too. I mean, it's yeah. not your standard C. It's less. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's the industrial vibe to it that gives you the real edge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the tonality of it, I guess, as I say, uh, is just. <laughs> Which I don't know. I, I don't know. To... And I I could say as much as I liked it or disliked it that uh, our our buddy played it so loudly when mm-hmm. we lived there. Uh, I can't help but say that realistically, it did kind of get me moving and motivated. No matter what <laughs> kind of debauchery I, we we're going to do I, that I night, sort or of what, what a, terrible thing we were going to do. I have a Pavlovian response to that song. <laughs> <laughs> is it the party? <laughs> no, it's that I want to punch the guy behind the door in the face because I'm so annoyed. But no, <laughs> just uh, it just takes me back to that time because I was there. I was staying in the house at a period where it yeah. was being played every morning. So I witnessed it. And now whenever I hear it, it's just like that. I just think about Curtis getting amped up to start his day because he'd do it first thing in the morning, too. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, I think that's exactly what Andrew W.K., was going for Mission so accomplished um, exactly mm-hmm. so uh, i'd like to thank andrew wk make sure to check him out at andrewwk.com check out his tour the party never stops and of course his album that drops in march of uh, 2018 make sure to check out jeff and i on a plumbest among us the rickest rick and morty podcast doing okay for us jeff not doing too bad uh hitting the itunes yeah. charts uh, every week, um, and we're not staying there, but we're hitting it. So we're we're doing okay, and we're building more and more every day. Uh, For our first check- year, we'll take what we can get. Yep, exactly. Uh, you can also check out all three of us, uh, particularly Dave and I, on "It's All Good Man." The better, better call Saul podcast. Uh, you can find that at itsallgoodman.com on the TV Time app or on iTunes and Google Play. Please make sure to give us a five star review, subscribe to this podcast, and make sure that you share this podcast. And Dave. Yeah, you have a po- you have an additional podcast as well. You can check me out on what's going down in downtown J Town. Um, we just completed an interview with Gl- Green Jello. Actually, uh, it's a what? local podcast, but it's a national. Okay, it's a local podcast, but we got Green Jello because he is a traveling musician that hires a local band at every stop that he goes to. Wow! So my co-host really? went to high school with the the local outfit for Green Jello. So, yeah, we had them on. He has, like, 700 musicians on the roster. When he goes to a town, he calls four of them and says, hey, we're playing a show. That's amazing. Yeah. It, 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 didn't, they, didn't they have to change their name? Because uh, Jello was a copyrighted name. Yes, it's spelled Jelly. Uh, green Jelly. <laughs> it's spelled Jelly, yeah. but pronounced Jello. Yeah. <laughs> ah, oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. Copyright speech. Awesome. Yeah. So make sure to check that out. And, Dave, you can stop recording now. You're listening to
nothing important. So, ma'am, uh, long time, no chat, mm-hmm. uh, and we are now approaching week four of the football season. That's right. I and, felt uh, this would be the most appropriate of times to start discussing fantasy football. <laughs> absolutely. Because what better time? Well, better late than never, I guess to say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With all the controversy surrounding the NFL these days, I think it'd be nice to have just a nice lighthearted discussion. Sure. So how you doing? You want to talk about that? How's your, uh, uh, how are how you feeling about your season? How many, how many leagues are you in, first of all? I have two. I have one with work uh, friends, uh, which turns out also to be with uh, a couple fraternity friends. Uh, just, you know, uh, we just end up knowing the same people. Mm-hmm. And nice. then I'm in one at my other job because I work two jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one, uh, up until this week, I was in first place by a crazy large margin. Large margin? I also large marge. I also had the large marge going on. I'm in five leagues. Oh, um, shit. I'm a popular fella. <laughs> One of them goes back. This is our twelfth season, I think. Uh, oh, nice. Let's see. Three are amongst groups of friends. One is the Chicago Street Pub League, which okay. is located right below my studio, so I'm there all the time. So I join their league, and uh, one of them is an auction. We decided our oldest league, the twelve year league. We decided to do a sixteen team auction draft. Sixteen is a lot of fucking teams. I'm owing three. Yeah, uh, so I could tell that I could tell the difference. Uh, so let's call one the hospital and one work. Mm. So the hospital league is only twelve. There's twelve people. Okay, and that's the one that I was doing awesomely uh, until this last week. Mm. The the work league I am zero and three, like completely, just disgustingly zero and three. I, and that one has fourteen people. Ooh, uh, and I noticed, and I joined. That's a league that they've had for years. Mm-hmm. Um, that I took over uh, someone's spot in it. Okay. And uh, come draft day, they're like, oh, yeah, here we go. It's draft this time. I mismanaged. I thought we were all meeting at, like, our office that we have uh, as a communal space. Instead, we were meeting at the guy's house, so I had to post up at the office real quick. Uh, and I also left my phone on the counter at the gas station before I went, <laughs> before I got there. <laughs> oh, no. So I was, like, 20 minutes late to drafting, so I was already in the fourth round and let mm. – Yahoo, the guy got auto picks. Oh, and Yahoo. Uh, but I guess it was also a legacy league. So I didn't even know who the hell I had to like choose from ah. previously. Like, a, like, like from last year that uh, I probably squanch on a bunch of shit. A keeper league, as they say? Yeah, keeper league. That's how many, what, yeah, that's what how many keepers called. do you get to keep? I have no fucking idea because I wasn't uh, part of it. I'm in one keeper league. That is my best league. It's a 12 team league. And, uh, the way our keepers work is if you draft a keeper, he moves up around the next year. If you pick him okay. up off of waiver wires, he becomes your fifth round pick. So okay. I, two years ago, drafted Devontae Freeman in the eighth round. Mm. So, yeah, I had Devontae Freeman as my sixth round pick. Also, I'm smart enough to realize that when NFL players are about to get suspended, it usually doesn't take place till the next season. So I got Ezekiel Elliott in the second round. Okay. And everybody thought I was stupid, and I was like, watch, he's going to play at least the first four games. And he is. Then next year, yeah. I might dump him next year. But uh, So I'm, I'm kind of whooping ass in that league. I'm 3-0. and I'm in first place in three of my five leagues. Well, you've got that uh, that professionalness behind you. I, I love I have, football. Yeah, uh, I don't care that much about it. <laughs> I think it's a fun 
way to say interacting with people. Uh-huh. It is. Uh, is how I see it. And uh, I don't re- actively watch football or try to pay attention. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, what I so I mean I, I I enjoy playing fantasy against people and being able to talk shit and, and see what and, happens and proving and that you're smarter than somebody else. That's the most important thing to me. Exactly, it's a competition to see who's better. Well, uh, and since I don't, uh, on that same note, uh, since I don't pay attention at all to stuff, I uh, I do it Moneyball style. Uh, so like the week before uh, drafting, mm-hmm. I will take the top two hundred. Uh-huh. of like five different places so like yahoo and cbs and nfl and whatever and then i will combine together their points and then average it out to make like a my top 200 mm. from those which ends up being like 250 or 300 right. um especially when you get down to the bottom uh and then parse it out by position so that way i have my own list to go along with yes. the draft because i don't know dick about shit so the only way i can think to do it is <laughs> Mathematically. Well, that's a good idea to take different, to take a bunch of different lists and then make like an, uh, what, what do you call it? An amalgamation. Um, sure. What's the word I'm looking for? But yeah. Uh, an aggregate. aggregated yeah, list. Yeah. Basically, you're aggregating several lists because most people, like I have four leagues in Yahoo, or four leagues are on ESPN, one league's on Yahoo. Mm-hmm. And the rankings are different. And you know, there's going to be a couple guys that are going to go just off the ESPN rankings. Right. And a lot of the ESPN rankings are going to be wrong, and a lot of Yahoo rankings are going to be wrong. So it's cool to take, yeah, to take them. I don't do that. I don't go that far into it. I read a lot. I put it all in my brain, so I guess I kind of do it in my own head. And uh, my downfall or success is purely based on whether or not I believe in certain people, I guess. Sure. All of my benches look the same. Like, I have J.J. Nelson, Sammy Watkins, Rob Kelly... Terrence West on like every bench uh, across the board. Like I, I fixate on certain players. Those names, those names mean nothing. To right. Me. <laughs> but I, I fixate <laughs> on certain players, and then but my starters will look kind of different because I draft not strategy lists. They're not strategy lists, but I. It's like poker to me. Like sure. if the table's loose, you play tight. You go oppo. And if the table's tight, you play loose. So I figure, you know, if the the draft's going this way, I'll go kind of a different direction. Um, yeah, and usually it means I'm getting, you know, I don't get a quarterback till the end. If everybody's going wide yeah. receiver, I'll grab some running backs. Well, that's where your points are, though. I mean, you got to figure that out. Well, then I I also do use a tiered system. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll rank. Oh, these guys are all close enough to rank in one group, and then these guys are close enough to rank in one group. So if this group's gone, then I'll be like, you know, oh, well, I go to running backs now. Those running backs gone, I go back to wide receivers. Kind of a deal. Sure. But uh, it also I, uh, the scoring changes too because I'm in some crazy scoring leagues. I put up 200 points in week one. Holy crap! Yeah, because it's like PPR and a half point per carry and bonuses for this and bonuses for that and stuff. Yeah, none of uh, none of my stuff is that complicated. My worst league is my ten straight team. up traditional for the most part. Yeah, my ten team standard league, which is like the baseline of everything. I suck. Terrible. <laughs> okay. I'm terrible at standard scoring in a 10-team league, but you give me a 12-team PPR league, I'm generally in the playoffs. That uh, that also those those things that you said mean really nothing to me. PPR is point per that, reception. That, okay, well that also uh, like I said, 
I have no idea. That sounds like a different strategy. It is for drafting. It is. I just uh, I just do this to have to have fun with friends and kind of don't. I I care about it. Here's my my dichotomy with it is like I don't want to care about it, but I force myself to have to care about it, and then I force myself to care about it so much that starting Thursday until Monday at like eleven o'clock, I am filled with nothing but anxiety, <laughs> and and have to keep checking like habitually checking it and habitually doing this mm. and that, and it it almost it, it it pisses me off the fact that I <laughs> care when I really don't want to care at all. Well, one thing I found, because uh, I, I tell people, oh, I'm in, you know, five fantasy football leagues, and they'll be like, oh, you're fucking crazy. How, you know, how do you do that many leagues? And it's like, well, it does take a little bit more time. But like I said, most of my benches are kind of identical. So, yeah. and that's kind of by design. That way I don't have to, I already know that if I make this move on this team, I'm going to know I'm already going to go and make the move. And it doesn't really take that long to go, move this guy to here. Next page. Move this guy to here. Like, whatever. I, re- I know enough about football to where I don't have to do all this research to keep up with it. But also, sure. when you have five teams going, um, when, I w- when I had one fantasy team, I would obsess over eight players every week. Yeah. With five teams, I have so many players, and I'm going against guys that I also have. It just becomes this thing where it's like, well, fuck it. I don't really have to pay that close attention because I can't keep up with it anyway. So then I get more. Then when I go to check my fantasy scores, I end up on the actual NFL scoreboard. And I'm looking, holy shit, the Chargers are beating the fucking you know, Broncos. What's going on here? And I'll end up getting into the actual, the actual games again. Whereas when I had okay. one team, I was more focused on the individual players. Well, that seems more like uh, how I would assume the NFL would probably want it. Mm-hmm. You know, like where you're actually going to watch the games or attend a game. Well, the NFL to, loves to the, pay attention. Yeah, to they love the fact that people watch the games that they don't, for teams they don't root for, but they have a fantasy interest. I, I think, well, yeah, I could see where that would be uh, also profitable for them or can, at least maintenance for them. Mm. Uh, but then you get people, I would assume, like myself, who honestly don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And I have no interest in necessarily watching a game on Sunday, Thursday, or Monday. Uh, and really no desire to actually go to a football game due to all the downtime. Mm-hmm. I've been to enough college games to know that it's, unless I'm there with like people I really want to hang out with, that I, it, I could give a shit less. <laughs> Uh, which is weird because I'll go to a baseball game all day. That is weird and if you go to a baseball game all day because I yeah. love the space in a baseball game. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe it, there's enough space in there where it's just too. Uh, I can't get focused yeah. on one uh, on having downtime or not having downtime. The other way, maybe that maybe that's it. Yeah, I actually to get off topic real quick. Uh, I know a, a recent acquaintance of mine is a very, very large German fellow. Sure. Um, who is recently... Dis- is his name... What's, does he have a German name? Martin. No, that's not German. Not particularly okay. German. Uh, no. His German accent is very German. And uh, don't make him laugh too hard because he will slap your heart out of your chest. <laughs> <laughs> He's a massive, massive man. But he was all excited. We were actually hanging out at Irish Fest, <clears throat> ironically. Yeah. Uh and he just discovered baseball. And he's like, all these people, and picture me in a German accent, all these yeah. people, you know, they talk about baseball, it's so boring. He's like, I get it. He's like, I love it. This is amazing. It's like, you take a minute, and then it's like, this guy's trying to throw this little ball past somebody. You know, it's like this big, like, one-on-one challenge, but then there's all this space where you can sit and digest it, and you can talk to people around you. And he's like, it's not supposed to be a fast game. And I was like... It's you're not American then, because we like our high scoring, fast action games. That's why. But thank you. 
Like somebody, yeah, somebody uh, fucking gets it. Because I love it. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm also very German uh, in heritage. Maybe that's why I I like it a lot better. Maybe Germany needs some uh, baseball. To go watch one. And that would be a a very weird. Das was revealed for them. Well, their their footy team is pretty good, right? Oh well, uh, the the German. Uh, football team is fantastic. Yeah. And every World Cup that comes around, I might be from America, but I always root Germany. Uh, always have, always will. And I was a ball boy at the 1994 World Cup at Soldier Field uh, during the Germany versus Spain game. Mm. Uh, they they ended up in a tie, but uh, I was the only ball boy to get to, like a ball came over the fence line that I actually got to touch the ball and then hand it back to a player who was a German player. Nice. So you have a special so, affinity for German uh, soccer. Yeah, oh, that and I, I get, I get uh, drunk a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> I do like the fact that when I watch my football games illegally, I always have to make sure I click the American football link and not the football link. Well, I mean, we're the we're the weird country when it comes to that. Whatever, it's our game. Uh, just like the <laughs> metric system, just like the metric system, and anything else. That's right. We're the weird country. We don't play on meters. We play on yards. Play on yards. Yeah. But uh, I think back to fantasy football. We should get back to this later in the season because I'm really going to try it. If, if I have a team that I'm – seven wins will usually get you in the playoffs, right? Sure. I have two teams that are 3-0. and So I figure if I get to seven, eight wins, I'm really going to try and make trades to set my team up for the playoffs. Like, say, you know, this wide receiver's got an easy-looking schedule to where he'll get a lot of points when the fantasy weeks 13 through 16. Uh I'm going to try and acquire players that are going to be against bad defenses during the fantasy playoffs. That makes that makes sense. I think and about it. Sounds like a sound strategy that I don't know if I'm willing to look into. <laughs> I think about it every year, and I never have the time, the balls, or the record to do it. Usually, the year, the one championship I've won, I was seven and six. At the end of the season, which is why I don't that, give a shit about winning every game. I I, I took <clears throat> I had one season. I had three first round buys in my leagues. One of them I Whoa. lost one game, and then the ne- the the second week of the playoffs, every team lost. And then the next week, I took two thirds and a fourth. You know. All right. So then. it really is. You just have to get there. I uh. The only strategy I would have is uh, see who plays the the Dolphins and the Browns. Uh, keep well. It was the Jets. It's too early to tell, though. I mean, it's week three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, the Browns are the Browns, so that's just like hereditary, right? And then the as far as I know, and then uh, the Dolphins are the Dolphins, and they have Jay Cutler. So I mean, it can't get good. I was gonna say. Well, the thing about that though is like <clears throat> Jay doesn't throw a hell of a lot of pick sixes. Um, he's really only good. Uh, he asterisk. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's when the interception return for a touchdown. Okay. So, because when you do that, your defense gets six more points. Um, sure. So, if you're playing a defense against Jay Cutler, you're honestly op- hoping for like one or two interceptions and one or two sacks. Like he does turn the ball over, but not that much. <laughs> oh, I just meant because the uh, offense probably plays like crap because uh, Jay Cutler is is their leader. Actually, when Jay Cutler has good wide receivers, he's not the best fantasy quarterback, but he turn he does make good fantasy wide receivers because he will throw the ball deep and he will force passes. 
hence the turnover. Well, is that is that is that before or after he gets his uh, two cigarettes and a shot of insulin? This is, uh, I think, in between the two cigarettes, post shot of insulin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like when he had when he had Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall, they were both top ten fantasy wide receivers, and he wasn't even a top ten fantasy quarterback. You know. Sure. Um, so he gets the receivers yards. So I do have Dolphins receivers on my teams. Okay. And uh, I thought the Dolphins defense was actually good, but they just lost to the Jets. We have like nobody. Matt Forte at you know fifty years old. Yeah. But uh he's got like six bad hits. Right. And then you have the inverse where like Alex Smith is a top fantasy quarterback, but he spreads the ball around. So not one receiver gets all the work. So the quarterback gets more points, but the receivers don't do so hot. I don't know who Alex Smith plays for. Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, it just so happened, uh, happenstance, uh, based on drafting order and uh, the, the money ball half-ass system I'm using, uh-huh. that uh, Derek Carr is my quarterback for both the leagues. That is so last, a good quarterback. Last week, I shit, it is, but last week uh, was totally shit the bed. Yeah. So uh, I even took him out this week uh, for my replacement quarterback. Who is your replacement? Which one league? One league. It's Andy Dalton, mm. and I don't know. It just seems like it's a better matchup. Yeah, matchups bit. matter. Matchups really do matter. I like and they they and then the other league. It's uh, I gotta find it. Uh oh, uh, Mr. Bortles. Ooh, Teenage Mutant. So I don't. Teenage I didn't switch Mutant him out. Ninja I didn't switch, Yeah, I didn't switch him out. But I mean, that tells you how low on the. The draft scale I got, especially after missing the first four rounds. Yeah, wow. Uh, trying to pick up just stuff. Well, Carr is solid. I mean, he was a top 10 in most leagues. But I have one league where Sam Bradford was like the number seven quarterback because you get a point per completion, but a negative point for an incompletion. Right. So a higher percentage quarterback is going to get you more points than a guy who's like 10 of 40 for 200 yards, you know. Yeah. I, uh, as you're mentioning these people, I'm also doing searches on my phone for, <laughs> for who they are so I can at least know what team you're Sam Bradford, about. he was the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings quarterback who led the league in completion percentage last year. Oh, that makes sense then. Yes. yes, but only in that league is he any good. That's the thing. You got to know your rules. Stuff like that. I can yeah, talk which, fantasy uh, football all day. <laughs> I've I've noticed, and you, that's not a bad thing, uh, especially if uh, you have, I guess, a, someone who's more engaged than I am, mm. or at least more knowledgeable. Mm. Uh, but I don't I don't dislike talking about it because uh, I, I like to learn stuff, right? You know. Well, uh, I would say play your matchups. Uh, always always play your studs. That Dave's lesson of this week was always play your studs. The the Dave FF. Suggestion of the week. Yes. Always play studs. Always play your studs because I like I sat T.Y. Hilton because he wasn't doing so hot. 30 points on my bench. I sat Brandon uh, Cooks because he wasn't doing so hot. 30 points on my mm-hmm. bench. I had Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Uh, that, that helped out a lot. Uh, who did I sit last week that just totally fucked me over? Uh, and it was because of the it was because of the England game. Was in, it was in my the league where I actually have a, a decent chance. That was of Jacksonville versus Baltimore. Yeah, and it was, was Fournette. Uh, yeah, yeah. I stay. I sat him, and it was fourteen points versus uh, uh, the other running backs I had in, which were uh, Ty Montgomery and uh, Michael Issey. Mm. 
uh, who both did dick for shit right. as far as anything happened. I think Gillisley uh, got a touchdown, didn't he? No, he only had three points oh, the whole time. Okay. He had three point one points. That's a that's a, usually a safe bet is um especially see this is where the PPR versus standard scoring matters. Because like someone like Mike Gillis, like like New England's power back, mm-hmm. whoever it is, last year was LeGarrette Blunt. Uh yeah. their power back is is like always gonna be like top of the league in touchdowns. But he ain't gonna catch right. passes for shit. So you don't really want him in a PPR league as much as you want him in a standard scoring league because it's more of a percentage of points. And that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, my stri- last week, I had to, the guy I played had uh, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what I get into is overthinking. Mm-hmm. Because happen. he had t- he had Tom Brady as his quarterback plan. So I played all of my like decent New England players that I have right. against him, thinking that if he, you know, Tom Brady is obviously going to score 20, 30 points, mm-hmm. more than likely, uh, that at least it would even out that, you know, those people would match because they're going to be, uh, it's, I had a running back and a wide receiver. I had Brandon cooks and, uh, James white. <clears throat> what? And, and oh, Mike. Gilsley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that that would even out, uh, that totally did not work out. Some, as, yeah. As I had, sometimes as I had it does. I like the opposite is better. Like, um, if I'm playing somebody that has Julio Jones, uh, I'll stick with New England. So if I've if somebody has Brandon Cooks, I'm really comfortable playing Peyton Manning because if Cooks, Cooks catches three touchdowns, not Peyton Manning, I just said Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Because if Cooks catches three touchdowns, Tom Brady threw all three touchdowns, right? Right. But the vice versa is like, okay, I have Brandon Cooks and you have Tom Brady. Well, if Tom Brady throws three touchdowns to Chris Hogan, I'm pissed. You know. Right, because <laughs> you're looking at you're looking at thirds or fourths right. of those points. And now, yeah. and especially if like he throws two touchdowns early, and now I need to catch up, and he starts throwing to Brandon Cooks. So it's like, what's the fucking point? Because Tom Brady's getting those points too. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I overthink it too much, and uh, that's just kind of let it go. And that's due to my uh, my noviceness. The things you will learn. Um, my general rules. Now that we're four mm. weeks in, Dave's general. We'll learn. If I choose, to if learn. you choose to learn, uh, I never roster a backup quarterback unless it's a super deep league. I've never played a two quarterback league. Um, okay, I never roster a backup. What do you do then? Just waiver someone out? Yeah, when that bye week. Comes? Yeah, I would rather have some shitty running back that I can just dump and pick up a quarterback later if I need to. Uh, one of my leagues has an IR spot, injured reserve. So if a guy's out for yeah, a week, yeah. Uh, yeah. Most don't though, but yeah, I'll I'll I would rather roster both of mine. Both of mine do, so I do have that. Okay, uh, but I just pretty much instantly drop that player. Yeah, depends. And try to find someone else. Well, no, uh, from well, for me, uh, the IR spots I've had. Uh, who was it? Fucking last year. Uh, oh, what's his face? He he was the running back for the uh, for the Vikings last year. Hey, uh, Adrian Pearson. Team. Yeah, Adrian Peterson, who played like one game yeah. and then was IR the rest of the year, that totally fucked me over because that I got a good pick and that's who I picked, right. and then I got instantly oh, boned. David Johnson's out for the year. I mean, the, that was the consensus number one overall pick in every league that I was in. I also that's another rule of Dave's. Uh, I don't go after what everybody thinks going to be the number one running back because it's never the same guy two years in a row. Um. Yeah, I don't roster. That makes sense. I don't roster backup quarterbacks. I don't roster backup tight ends. 
Um, and mostly it's because once you get past the top tier, everybody's so close, it doesn't really matter who you have. So there's no point in wasting a roster spot on him. You can just go pick a guy up off the bench, and he'll be just as good as the you know quarterbacks 15 through 30 are kind of all the same. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's why I don't draft the quarterback early in the draft. Like if I'm going to get somebody, it's going to be like Tom Brady, uh, Matt Ryan, and then pretty much the rest. Aaron Rodgers, you know, yeah, like super studs, yes. But then once you get past the super studs, they're kind of all just guys. Yeah. They're going to be mediocre. They're all going to get their 15 points, right. and then it's not going to matter. Right. So I don't, that's what I do with uh, quarterbacks and tight ends and defenses. Well, one defense, one kicker. Yeah, one defense, one unless kicker. You, yeah, unless you have an insane defense like the 06 Bears had or the 2000 Ravens, right. who are far and away better, then I'll... Then I will wait to the bye week. I will bench my keep the defense so I can keep them so nobody else picks them up. I'll drop a running back and pick up a defense for the week, and then I'll probably get that running back back after the next week if he doesn't blow up. And uh, I just kind of work it that way. Yeah, one uh, thing about one of the leagues that I'm in, uh, you know, if you just don't get your waiver spot mm. traditionally, you have uh, your fake money. So if you ah. waiver for the same person then your waiver spot doesn't matter. It's who, who put up the most fake money for Okay. Them. That's how my auction league is running its waivers. But every other league is uh, waiver priority. Interesting. Well, this is my first experience with that. So Auctions it's a, uh, suck, by the way. I screwed myself in my auction league. Yeah, yeah. I, uh... <laughs> so we were drafting, and... Tyreek Hill was on the block, who's a wide receiver for the Chiefs, okay? Okay. I know that Chiefs running backs are generally pretty awesome in fantasy, regardless of who they are. It's more of a systematic thing. It's the coach. It's Andy Reid. He's the coach. Sure. Right? Yeah, people specialize in their stuff. Right. So, you know, Jamal Charles is gone, and uh, they got, I think, Kareem Hunt's a rookie. So they got this rookie running back, and uh, or no, the starting running back went down. I don't even can't remember his name right now. Uh, shit, I'm, his name escaped me. But the starter goes down, so Kareem Hunt's going to be the backup. He's taking the starting role, and I knew he was going to be good. Well, the wide receiver was up on the auction block, and I had like seventeen dollars left or something out of two hundred, and I was uh-huh. bidding him up. I was just putting up bids to make somebody else pay more for him. But when the entire league noticed that I had bid my last dollar, they all stopped bidding and made me spend yeah. all my money <laughs> on a guy I didn't even want. And it wasn't even the guy that I thought it was, <laughs> which is even well, that's worse. Fun, then. <laughs> so I spent the whole rest of the auction, like two hours, unable to bid on anybody. It was horrible. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I just need to uh, to figure out a way to get out of uh, up back up from fourth place. Um, I was told I took a lot of risky picks, uh, uh, based on people being new or untested. Okay. Um, you know, who are new in positions. They call those like high ceiling, high upside guys. Yeah. I was told I took a lot of that and actually it let me score the shit out of stuff the first two weeks. Uh, but last week it totally failed me. Mm. I also tend not uh, to put so much stock in what happened last year when it comes to like the beginning of a football season because there's massive change every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, 
but uh, there's not. I will take some of the Dave tips into consideration here. There's nothing wrong with high upside guys. <laughs> well, this was a fun, uh, nothing important football talk that uh, fantasy football talk that seems like it's it's a, almost a whole complete episode on its own. Pretty much, I think we just talked for like half an hour. Uh, thirty-two minutes. Nice, 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 and and said nothing of any value, and probably wasn't all that entertaining. And that's gonna do it for this uh, week four edition of the fantasy football introduction show. Uh, pre week four. <laughs> just say that pre week four. We're two days out uh, from the Bears taking on the Packers, and what's gonna be a fantastic NFC North showdown. Uh, my prediction is sure. that the Bears are going to win. Because the Bears only seems to win when I think they're not going to. Well, all right then. Uh, excellent prediction there. Um, be on the lookout for maybe some more quips and uh, tips from Dave. Uh, sputtered into the Nothing Important podcast. I may just get them, and it'll probably have a good. Uh, probably have a good. I should randomly yeah just drop in days. It's like you're talking about Andrew WK, and I'm just like. Bloom. And now Dave, fantasy football tip of the week. Days. <laughs> Or we can predict games. No. Today's fantasy football tip of the week. Uh, remember, when a guy gets hurt, he doesn't score you any points. Hmm. John Madden-esque <laughs> advice. <laughs> Play football. You know, if he's the number one right receiver, he's probably going to be on the field most of the time. You know, the team that's going to score the most points wins. So you should probably go for the <laughs> players who are also going to help score those points. Well, there's a guy, when he runs, he goes faster. Uh, but I guess if you're also if you if you decided to pay attention this long, thank you, and uh, check us out. On <laughs> we get really important, which you're probably listening to. We get really drifty when Brian's not around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, pay attention to nothing important, uh, which you're probably if listening Brian to. Brian was here. It would end of this 60 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why Brian sucks sometimes. <laughs> I've got a deep voice and talk a lot. <laughs> There's a uh, it's all good man which we all three appear on intermittently for me at least uh, so check those out if you're watching back episodes and uh, stay tuned for the next season that's coming up uh, in be, quite a long time from should now should be a good one should be Chuck good. is dead spoiler yeah. alert what <laughs> yeah, Chuck is dead yeah so if you haven't paid attention guess what Chuck dies I do have friends um, that refuse to listen to nothing important because they think we're gonna spoil Better Call Saul. Oh, by saying like Chuck dies and Kim gets in a car accident and then quits. Right. And stuff She's like gonna that. She's going to get addicted to pain pills and uh yeah. Well, that's that's just an accurate prediction. Ernesto's gone. And then uh, uh Brian and I also do a Plumus Among Us uh after the Rick and Morty episode for the week. We usually publish later in the week so you can get a uh, quick catch up uh before the new episode comes out. And uh Dave may join us here on the one of the two last episodes. We'll see how that goes. Uh, so be sure to do that. Rate it on iTunes. Download it. Listen to it. Hate it. Comment. Whatever you want to do. Uh, we just like listeners. We like comments. Uh, comment on this. Because why the hell not? Uh, and let Dave know how wrong he is about fantasy football and how wrong I am for not caring that much about fantasy football. Oh, yeah. One more tip. If you have a fantasy football team, please look at it at least once a week. Just look at it. And if you have a guy not playing, take him out. Thank you. That, that that's a great tip. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, uh, I guess Dave, we'll both stop recording. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. 
find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you.